Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on his bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, our study continues on the topic of brave conversations. We'll be focusing on sexual identity today as we look deeper into Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 27. Let's dig in. When we come to the topic of sexual identity, we know that first of all, it is a very complicated topic. And as much as many perhaps preachers and and people of faith would like for us to believe, it's not a simple issue when it comes to scripture. It's a very complex issue. And um, who among us wouldn't prefer if it weren't complex? But human sexuality is complex. And the Bible's perspective on human sexuality really is complex as well. I wish I could say that the end of our Bible study today or at the end of the Bible studies this week, that everything would be wrapped up and clear. I can't promise that. In fact, perhaps what I can promise is you may leave this week with more questions than answers. Um, That's not a cop out. In fact, whenever we look at the record of Jesus, we see that Jesus actually rarely gave direct answers to things. He simply raised questions to encourage and enable people to think more deeply, more broadly, and more godly about the topic at hand. So if we leave a conversation about sexual identity and sexuality with more questions than we do answers, I might suggest that there is no better way for us to be close to Christ than to be in the posture of questions and complexity. So when we come to this topic, the second thing that I want to say is we're dealing with a topic that goes to the very heart of what it means to be human. We're dealing with real people, with children of God, ourselves, our brothers, and our sisters. We have to approach this topic from a standpoint of compassion and humanity and love. And I personally would much rather err on that side than on the side of law and justice and condemnation. Why do I say that? Well, we're going to have different perspectives on this topic and different opinions. And this is a a real volatile conversation. We can come away from this angry, frustrated, hateful, or perhaps being demeaning towards other people who maybe have a set have a different sexual identity than we do, or maybe even people who have a different idea of what God thinks about sexual identity than we do. We don't want to do that. We simply want to be open-minded. We simply want to think, and we simply want to open our hearts and our minds to what God may have to say. And the only way for us to do that is no matter where we are, no matter what we think on the topic, to consider that maybe we might have some room for growth or some change. So let us jump in now and begin to try to unravel 
a little bit of what the Bible may have to say here. Starting in Genesis chapter 1 is an interesting place to begin, and by the end of our time together in the next few moments, I, I hope that you'll understand why we are beginning here. For some, this is a review. For some, you may know the story, but you've never read it. I want to encourage you to read all of Genesis 1, verses 1 through, 30, 1 through 27, our text for today. But if you've not, we'll pull out some of the highlights. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. Imagine your big God-like voice, whatever that sounds like to you. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness night. And I want you, I want you to notice that separation there that happens in that verse. We'll come back to that. And evening passed, and morning came. I want you to notice those two words, evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Now, as we continue on in this conversation about brave conversations, what we see as we continue to read in Genesis chapter 1 is the days of creation roll out for us in the same pattern on day 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 as it happened in day 1. Day one, God created the light, separates it from the darkness. Day two, he creates the atmosphere above and the firmament beneath. In fact, that word um, should have put on there. Day three, the dry ground and the plants. Day four, the sun, the moon, and the stars. Day five, the birds and the sea creatures. And day six, the land, animals, and eventually what we might say or, or believe is the, the crown of all of creation us. Maybe that's a little self-centered to think so, but God essentially says it himself as well. So when we look at this order of creation, now you may have never noticed this, but I want you to look at creation a bit through a different lens. Now, one of the things that we have to realize whenever we look at these first few chapters in Genesis is that there's a high likelihood that what we're looking here is more poetic and myth in nature of telling the story than it is literal. Now, I think it's perfectly acceptable to walk away reading the beginning of Genesis, seeing it as literal, but I also think it's perfectly acceptable to, to walk away seeing it as beautiful storytelling from somebody who, who was not there. It doesn't really necessarily change what we get out of these, whether or not you see it one way or whether or not you see it from the other. Because what we're pulling out of this is values, characteristics, intent of the storyteller and of God from these passages. So I'm going to just kind of discuss it somewhere in between. If you read into what I say, is it being literal? Great. If you read into what I say is being myth, great. It doesn't really matter. We can all come together and still get something out of this. And I got something out of this that I just, I've never quite noticed before in the way that this is told. 
What we see here is we see in creation that God creates the day and the night, and then God creates the land and the sea, and then God creates flying birds and swimming fish, and then he creates human, male and eventually female. What I've noticed here, though, is that there are opposites. Now, we see that, obviously, kind of clearly in this idea of male or female, but as we walk through creation, it seems as though long before God created male and female, he was, he was working in opposites, the day and the night, the land, the dry ground, and the sea, the waters, the flying birds, the things in the heavens, and the swimming fish, the things that make their home in the water, humans, male and female. Now, whenever we come to this passage then, one of the things that we end up getting hung up on is the binary of humanity, male and female. But whenever we take a look at this list, we actually see and understand that God didn't just create opposites, that there is a, there's a spectrum here, even in creation. Between day and night and between night and day, these opposites, there's a spectrum. Dawn, dusk, there is a transition between night and day. There are points on the journey in between. Land and sea, we see the same thing there. Estuaries, beaches, places where there is transition, a spectrum where it's hard to tell whether or not you are on land or whether or not you are in sea or in water. Flying birds, swimming fish. There are animals, mammals, things that don't clearly fit into the categories that Genesis gives us. Penguins, land animals, sea animals, frogs. Land animals, sea animals, platypus, what the heck is that? (laughs) And then humans. Now, at this point, some of you are cheering. And at another point, others of you are got your pitchforks. And where are you going with this, Kevin? I'm just, I'm just raising some questions. I'm just pointing some things out. And you may say, seriously, Kevin, you're essentially about to try to make the point that male and female isn't binary, that there's a spectrum, because everything else in creation has a spectrum. Well, what if I did? What if I did point that out? What if I did? LGBTQ... I, the letter I, stands for intersex. I don't know if you've ever researched this word, but the reality is that there are humans created by God whom don't fit binary. Now, You may be saying, what does that mean? Well, there are human beings who are not 
clearly identifiable as 100% male or 100% female in genitalia at birth. It's called being born intersex. Now, you may say, well, it just means that there's a deformity or or problem or something like that, but they're still clearly male at the core, who they are, how they were created, even though physically it may not reflect that they're one or the other. But, but scientifically, even some people are chromosomally born where it is not clearly XX or XY. So, where am I going with all of this? Where am I going with all of this is we must resist the urge from the outset of a conversation on sexual identity and what the Bible teaches about sexual identity to be dogmatic. Where I'm going here is at the very beginning, we have to understand if Genesis 1, the beginning, is our foundation for our sexual ethics and we build that upon male and female, rather than building that on something that is broader and more beautiful and more complex, then we may not be where God is in all of this. We may have misunderstood God. Because clearly, clearly this passage isn't intending to say everybody is born either male or female. And there's no in-between. There's no, there's no spectrum. It's a thus saith the Lord. Because science and God, they've got to agree, Right? And we know from science that it's not quite that simple. So when we come to the end of our reading today, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock and all of the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So, Pastor Kevin, what have you what have you done? Are you trying to destroy our sexual ethic? Are you trying to to take away any identity or categorization of anything involving sexuality? Well, at this point, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. But what I think is important here to point out is that for many what we end up getting hung up on in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 is that very bottom line male and female created he them and yeah i might be trying to insert just a little bit of truthful and factual cognitive dissonance in what some people believe that line means why would you do that pastor kevin well i would do that because That is not the most important part of this verse. And if all that we get out of this passage and out of this verse is a sexual ethic that categorizes people into two different categories and says, stay there or else, we have totally misunderstood the story. 
to understand the story is to understand that the most important part of this verse is the top line in the image of God, the Imago Dei. And if you read through Genesis 1, verse 1 through 27, the whole passage, what you would see is that with every day of creation, everything that God created, both the polar, the day and the night, the land and the sea, the fish and the birds, and everything on the spectrum in between that had to exist because of those creation of the poles, God said they were good. But God gets to humans and he says that his creation was very good. Very good. What was very good about that creation? It wasn't the male and female. It wasn't the binary. It wasn't the sexes and their duality. I think that was a part of it. But I think that the very good was that it was made in his image. And unless we see every living, breathing, walking human being as being made in God's image, unless we see that, we're not seeing what God intended. We're not seeing truth. We're seeing something else. We're seeing labels. We're seeing genders. We're seeing identities. We are, we are seeing something else unless we look at people and see the Imago Dei. And so in a discussion about sexual identity, and a discussion about gender, and a discussion about the complexity of what it means to be human, our starting point must always be that the most important thing is that every single human being is made in the image of God and has worth, has value, has the same access and love of God that you have, that I have, that we all have, because of the creation being made in God's image. If we can't live in the first part of this verse, we'll never move to a place of understanding of what it means to live in the complexities of sexual identity. You've got to start with the image of God being imprinted on all of us. This Bible study on Brave Conversations is brought to you by Christ's Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ's Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission, it's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. And when you go to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. For those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode 
as we continue our conversation on sexual identity. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well, www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.